This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January the 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January the 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. In this episode, I'm going to be recapping all nine games from Monday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. There are nine games on. Let's get straight into talking about them right now. The first game up, um, the Charlotte Hornets beat the Miami Heat in overtime without Terry Rozier. And it wasn't because LaMelo Ball went off, although Ball's game was okay. 14-5-7 for LaMelo in his first start in 31 minutes. Shot just 27% from the field, but was a perfect 6-6 six of six from the line. I wonder whether they'll keep him in that starting lineup. I, I think they won't. I think they'll move him to the bench, but this was encouraging. Devontae Graham had 24-4-5 in his 41 minutes with six threes and shot 54%. But the big surprise, Malik Monk. Now, he'd been trending upwards, getting minutes at the expense of Biombo and the Martins, you know, 16, 17 minutes off the bench. Played 40 here, had 36 points with nine triples, shot 61% and was 5 of 5 from the field, uh, from the line, sorry. This is a career high for Malik Monk. This is obviously a fantastic performance. And I don't think this means that we need to go and add Malik Monk. Now, if Rogier happens to miss some time, more time, maybe he can be a stream option. But this is one of those you know, out-of-the-blue performances. Now, before he was suspended last season, he was putting together a nice string of games that made him a 12-team league player. But finding that opportunity with Graham, Rogier and Ball all ahead of him, it's going to be pretty tough for him to get enough minutes to be relevant enough to be a 12-team league must-add player. For now, he's just a streamer. He's a deep league option, but he's worked his way back into the rotation and he looked good. I'd be adding Cody Zeller, though. 19 and 12 in 39 minutes, one steal, two blocks, overtime game, PJ Washington injured, and Bismack Biombo didn't play at all. Zala is a 12-team league ad, amazingly. Uh, big numbers from him. He's always been good, but I just never expected him to play you know, 30 a night, and he got 40 minutes here almost. 30 minutes a night, he's a clear 12-teamer to me. Gordy Haywood, 19 and 6 with two steals uh, with 35 fantasy points. And then uh, Washington before his foot injury, six points in 24 minutes with seven rebounds, two steals and a block. Just 25% shooting though, unfortunately. For Page, you would hope for a little bit better than that. Um, hopefully the foot strain isn't anything too, um, uh, too nefarious or too long-term. If it is then we're looking at someone like Miles Bridges to be able to come in and uh, and have an opportunity there. Now, Bridges didn't particularly excel here with just seven points, but five assists and a triple one is all right, but he'd be the guy that I'd want to watch in that scenario. For the Heat, basically everyone's back apart from Mo Harkless. So Tyler Hero played 33 minutes. 
He only had 11 points on 30% shooting. The eight assists are nice, but we know that when Butler and Adebayo and Dragic are all firing, he isn't the same player as he is when those guys are out. Still must be a 12-team league player. As for Butler, 29, 25 and 9, four steals, five assists. People were very much panicking on Butler. I think we're okay there. While well, Adebayo had 23 and 9, and of course, assists dropping off, no surprise. Three blocks there as well. Max Struess, he went bananas in this one. 19 points in 20 minutes with five triples. Not much else. I've been relatively impressed with Struess in the limited time that he's got this year, but it's a bit of an uphill battle to find a consistent enough role, but he's playing over Kendrick Nunn, none out of the rotation with everyone back. Nobody should be surprised there. Of course, Nunn is a clear drop. Now, he's rostered in still a ton of 12-team leagues. He is a clear drop, Kendrick Nunn. Struz, just a name to watch as a two-way guy. Dunk Robinson had 16 points with four triples. At this point, he's just literally a three-point specialist. I don't see him as just that absolute lock-in, shallow league, all-league, must-roster guy. He is still the 116th ranked player this year, but in points leagues, I'd move on. No worries. Um, and you've got to think, treat him more as a 12-team uh, specialist. Kelly Olenek started, but only 22 minutes. 11 and 7 is fine for him, and he can be a 12-team league guy. I wouldn't say that he necessarily is, and if you need to open a roster spot in a 12-team league, Olenek can be someone that can be moved on from. Let's move on now. To the next game, the Lakers, they beat the Atlanta Hawks 107-99 in the end. Um, LeBron, just a little bit under, underwhelming again with the percentages. LeBron James. Although the 82% from the line is good. He made up for that late with a few. But 42 from the field, 21-7-9, two steals and a block with 50 fantasy points. He still remains the 25th ranked player this season. Still some work to go to get back up into that top 15, top 10. He's not going to do it. Um, and Anthony Davis, we talked about him on the buy low show, hoping we could get better percentages. 71% from the field and 83% from the line. That is definitely more like it. Only two boards is annoying, but 25 points, one steal, three blocks, a nice return. 37 uh, fantasy points as well. Montrezl Harrell had 19 in 29 minutes with three rebounds, two steals, and a block. So bringing the defense and bringing the efficiency. Well, Schroeder started out well, but faded to just have 16, 3, and 3. He's not a top 150 player, and I think that you can look at him as more of a streamer rather than a must-roster player. KCP, only the three triples in his 27 minutes, while Horton Tucker looks like he's replaced Markeith Morris in the rotation. Remember the talk at the start of the year? Man, I've got to make sure I get Horton Tucker in my 12-team leagues. It was always nonsense at the time, and uh, it seems even stupider at this stage now. At least he's back in the rotation, and he can be that very deep league guy. And we see he's still got talent, obviously, but never going to be a 12-team league player. While Kuzma had five points in 19 minutes, and I still cannot understand why he's rostered in as many leagues as he is. For the Hawks, they were without DeAndre Hunter, so Cam Reddish started. He played 29 minutes and had six points. Didn't have a steal, didn't hit a three, didn't get a block. I wouldn't say that he is a must-roster 12-team league player. He's more of a streamer. He's more of a 14-team league guy, a steals and threes type specialist. While Kevin Herter had 10 and four with three threes. Again, not a must-roster 12-team league guy either. Big game from Johnny Collins with the 22 and seven. You go a little bit further down the box score and it's not as good with zero assists, zero steals and zero blocks and zero free throw attempts. He's never going to be back this year to being that top 20 player. We can forget about that. Uh, I guess the hope is that he can get into the top 50, but I, even then I'm not so certain of it. Capella had 16 and 13 with three blocks, and Trey Young had 25 and four with 16 assists and two steals, which led us to 53 fantasy points. Uh, the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari, we can drop him. Hands off my cock! Um, just 19 minutes, six points and two threes. No reason in the world to be holding on to Gallinari in a 12-team uh, league. 
Guys, the Super Bowl, it's coming up. You got your player props sorted. You worked out which team you're going to take, the Bucks, the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs, and I'm taking them with the points that are off. And the last time I checked, they were three-and-a-half-point favorites. You want to place your bets, and you want to use your sporting knowledge. There's only one place that has you covered, and there's only one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. You can also bet on NBA games, NBA futures. LeBron is the MVP favorite over at betonline.ag, uh, closely followed by Nikola Jokic and then Joel Embiid. I would be having that money on Jokic and Embiid at this point, but if you want to take that bet, you can. LaMelo Ball, the favorite for Rookie of the Year. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Let us go now on to the next game of the day. It is the Sacramento Kings beating the New Orleans Pelicans 118-109. Darren Fox, awesome. Slow start to the season for Fox, but 40 minutes, 38 points, 12 assists, 7 of 7 from the line, and 58% from the field. A great game. And how about the pencil, Harrison Barnes? Barnesy. Bouncing back from a little bit of a cold patch, 43 fantasy points for Barnsley, 24 and 8, 5 triples, 4 assists, a steal and a block, really good efficiency, solid usage. Uh, those numbers are 12-team league numbers, there's no doubt about that. While Rashawn Holmes had a career high, uh, tied a career high with 6 blocks, he had 17 and 10 in 33 minutes, and the Hassan Whiteside circle jerkers can uh, go ahead and drop him. He played just 14 minutes. Holmes is the better player, the Kings know he's the better player, they played him more minutes and it worked in their favour. Uh, so go and drop Hassan Whiteside. Marvin Bagley got ejected. He played 22 minutes and had 10 and 4. Not a 12-team league guy. While Heald had 16 and 8. And Tyrese Halliburton, extraordinarily low usage again, just 9.9% uh, with 5 points. But 11 boards, 6 assists, 1 steal. He is the 69th ranked player so far this season. Giggity! And he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. In points leagues, it's not so clear-cut. For Halliburton, uh, I don't know why, again, why do I say his name so weird sometimes? Halliburton, 29 fantasy points today. He's the 96th ranked player overall. So you still want to have him in 12-team formats, but he's nowhere near as good as what he is in a category league. I think that's pretty clear. Um, healed the 16 and 8 with four threes there as well. For the Pelican, Pel man, Jesus, this illness is killing me. The Pelicans, Zion Williamson had 41 fantasy points. And in category leagues, this is what we want. Only 31 minutes for Zion. Only 46% shooting, 17 and 8, two assists, he hit a three, but two steals and three blocks. I'm not calling this real because it's not yet, but this is what he did in college. Big block numbers, big steal numbers consistently. If we get that coming, then top 20, Zion is a realistic possibility. You pair that with hyper-efficient scoring, some good rebounding, hitting all his free throws. There is the makings of a very good fantasy player. In fact, even over the last two weeks, he's the 35th ranked guy in category leagues. In points leagues, he is the, uh, what, 29th ranked guy in that time. And he dropped 41 fantasy points here. He's averaging 38 over the course of the year. But those defensive numbers are super interesting. Nikhil Alexander-Walker only played 18 minutes. Seven points, one still. Still just a, a bit of a stash guy, while Kyra Lewis had two points in his 16 minutes. Uh, Bledsoe was all right, 14 points, but most importantly, he played 36 minutes and Lonzo had 14, 2, and 5 with three steals. I, I think that a trade is coming for this team at some point soon. 
Um, I don't know what they're doing. They just keep losing, just trotting out this same bullshit. Yes, they were without Stephen Adams, but that shouldn't really make that much of a difference. Jackson Hayes started. He got 4,011 minutes, and Billy Hernan Gomez took over. 13 and 11 for Bill in 29 minutes. Remember, he had had these games for Charlotte and, and most commonly for the Knicks. And then at times they realized just how horrendous he is defensively and he gets phased out. So while Adams is out, maybe Hernan Gomez is the better option to Hayes. I think that's a, a distinct possibility. But long term, there's no value there. Ingram had 20 and 5 with two assists and a triple one. Pretty inefficient game. While Josh the Hitman Hart had 15 and 13 in 32 minutes. Good game from Hart. Extra minutes at the expense of Alexander Walker. I wouldn't be rushing to add Hart. He's more of that 14 team league guy versus being a, any sort of 12 team league option. Let's go now. On to the next game we look at, and we've got the Houston Rockets really dismantling the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, 136-106 for the Rockets. Johnny Wall only played 22 minutes, but had 18-6-5 with two steals, a block, and four threes. The crucifix, Christian Wood, just 26 minutes, 18-11 with two threes and two blocks. Because he played limited minutes and the whole team played limited minutes, Boogie played 21, had 17 and 8 and 5 threes. And unless you think the Rockets are winning by 30 every game, this is not an indication to go and grab DeMarcus Cousins. Wood played 26 minutes, therefore Cousins played you know, way more minutes than we're used to. Don't use this as a 12-team excuse to add. 25 points for Eric Gordon. I'd try to sell high after this. He played 22 minutes, while Daniel House had 13 with four threes in 26 minutes, and Oladipo had 15, 3, and 7. Overall, they just dominated against the Thunder, so big numbers right across the board for this squad. We even had 17 minutes of Ben McLemore and nine minutes of Mason Jones to show you just how dominant they were. 11-7-4 for Jay Sean Tate also. Yeah, Tate and House, they're not 12-team league guys. They're more you know, 14, but probably more 16-team league guys, if we're being honest, especially in Tate's case. For the Thunder, Al Horford wasn't great, but 12-7 and seven with two steals, a block, three assists, and two threes in 25 minutes is very good. He's a must-roster player. 19 points with five assists and two blocks for Gildas Alexander is good, while MC Hamadou Diallo... He had 15 points in 15 minutes with four assists and a steal. Again, I wouldn't get too um, uh, too interested in that or too excited about that and add him. Solid game from Teo Maladon. 11 points in 28 minutes with two steals and one assist. There is some talk that maybe he holds on to the starting job when George Hill returns. I'm not so certain about that, but I'd add him and let's just see where it goes. They are going to be sending Alexei Pokyashevsky to the G League bubble, it appears. So that means that someone like Kenrick Williams, Ken Rich Williams, sorry, can be in the rotation. That's just a deeper league play, seven and four. But what they could also do is play Isaiah Roby, who played 12 minutes here, had uh, a, a uh, unconventional Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Two points, two steals, and two blocks. Missed all three of his shots, but we know that when he gets minutes... He can be a really intriguing fantasy player. So he's just a name to watch, especially, yeah, and add in deep leagues if Pokyshevsky is gone and they play him at the four, but just a, a name to keep an eye on here. Baisley, eh, rough from the line, two or four, but 15 and six on 46% shooting. I'll take it. You know that I think that he is a 12-team league guy, and I think it's going to get better for him as we move forward, but I, I, can't, be, um, uh, I, I can't be certain of that. But it was pretty solid from him in this one. While Lou Dort, just the uh, seven points in 24 minutes. No, my son is also named Bort. I don't believe Dort is a must-roster player. 
in 12-team leagues. Uh, I think he's more of a steals and three streamer. Like, he's 173rd ranked player this year. That, to me, does not scream must roster at all. It is must roster, though, if you're looking for a part for your car. RockAuto.com, they are must roster because if you go to your local chain storefront, brick and mortar store, they're not going to have the part you need. There are so many different makes and models of cars and parts that it's impossible for them to have it in stock. And they'll just have to get on their computer, they'll have to order the part in, and you have to wait anyway. And you've wasted precious time getting out and mixing with people who probably have COVID, to be honest. Let, let, let's be honest. RockAuto.com, also, they're not going to charge you a different price because you're not a professional. Their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there, how did you hear about us, Box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, let's go now on to the next game of the day. We're looking at the Knicks falling to the Chicago Bulls, 110-102. Julius Randle's efficiency continues to fall because we know that his legs must be dying. They must be just blowing up every time he's out there. 39 minutes, 23-11-7. Good counting stats, but just 44% from the field, 89 from the line. And then we had Nerland's Noel, 28 minutes for Noel, five blocks. We know he's an excellent source of blocks and steals as a streamer, but those 28 minutes are absolutely... A surprise, to be sure, but a welcome one. I don't know what to say about Tom Thibodeau and his rotations a lot of this time, but Mitch Robinson played 20 minutes. Now, I can understand you know, having issues with Robinson because I think he's a bit of a head case. Um, it is frustrating for us, of course. I'm still holding Robinson, but he hasn't really taken any steps forward at all. Nine and eight in 20 minutes. Alfred Payton's a drop, 18 minutes, five points. But let's talk about Emmanuel quickly, who played 30 minutes off the bench. Interestingly, 30 minutes off the bench for him, 28 for Noel off the bench, and then 29 for Burks. Quickly had 16, six and seven. Got to the line and hit all four of his free throws. Now that field goal percentage dropped. 39% here. Didn't have any defensive numbers, but he brought the peripherals, which in the previous games, it had been all usage, all scoring, and not much else. I would make sure he's rostered in my league. I don't know where it's going to go, but at this point, it feels really tough to think that he's going to get fewer than few minutes than Peyton most nights. Good to see Alec Burks bringing it back as well. 29 minutes for Berksy with 18 points and three threes and two steals. It's really hard to understand what Thibodeau is going to do each game, but you know, Burks has that upside now. Actually, that's not true. He's got the value. Does he have upside high enough to risk the poor games? I would say no. I'd say his upside is probably top 100, which is all right, but not top 50. I wouldn't be rushing to add him after this. Rowan Barrett had 14 and 7 with a triple zero. Not his best game. Well, Obi Toppin, man, if they're going to take Kevin Knox out of the rotation, which they have, Toppin can't be far away. Four points in nine minutes. He is not good at this point. I don't think he's ever going to be good. I think it was a terrible draft pick for it. And I know they made up for it by getting a good draft pick with Emmanuel quickly. But Toppin, people drafted Toppin. Literally, he was ranked in the 70s uh, heading into the draft. Um, and draft, I've been fantasy draft, which made zero sense. And looks even dumber at this point. Reggie Bullock, four points in 22 minutes. For the Bulls, big game from Lowry Markin and hit the shots at a very high rate. Oh, hi, Mark. 30 points, six triples, 61%. Not much else, but that really is the Lowry Markin in experience. While Levine had 21 and five with three threes and Thaddeus Young, 31 minutes for Thad, 13, eight and eight, a triple one. Must roster player in the short term. Must roster. Um, Otto Porter, 
Played only 18 minutes, he had three points. While Pat Williams, hard to justify holding him 10 points in 28. Garrett Temple had six in his 25 minutes. Well, at least we got a bit more Dan Gafford, 22 minutes there. 12 and nine with nothing else and not even blocks. He really just is a block specialist and shouldn't be a 12-team league player. Kobe White continues to struggle. I don't think Kobe White is a long-term starter. I don't think he's a long-term point guard. 13, 4, and 6 with some poor efficiency for White. I'm still holding him in fantasy leagues, but it has been pretty piss poor from him this season. And after that hot streak last year, he hasn't really got anywhere near that level at all so far this season. Uh, Sadoransky, only the four assists. He should be playing way more than 10 minutes. He's a lot better of a player than that. Maybe COVID is having some sort of impact on him as he returns to uh, returns to the court. The next game we take a look at here, it is the Portland Trailblazers and the Milwaukee Bucks, another blowout. The Bucks win at 134-106. Now, Sia Little started, played 30 minutes, had 30 points with five triples, six rebounds, one steal, and two blocks. I want them to give every minute that Carmelo Anthony plays too little and just see what he can do. There's so many injuries, McCollum, Nurkic, Jones, Collins. Let's see what Little can do. I'm not advocating to add him after this. It was 47 fantasy points. It's fantastic. I'm not advocating he's an ad, and he's not going to be this good most nights, shooting 61% and having a usage of 27%. But it is intriguing. Add him in 20-teamers, maybe 18-teamers, and let's see where it goes. 17-3-7 for Lillard, while Simons had another strong game. I'd add Simons in 14-team leagues. 15-3-5 with two blocks for Anthony, while Bob Covington... Jesus Christ, can this guy hit any shots? Two of nine from the field for five points. He did have eight boards. He did have two steals. And I think at this point, we're just looking at him at a as a steal specialist. I don't really know. Um, I don't really know what more he could be. Like, uh, he's not getting blocks. He's not hitting shots. He's not doing anything apart from hitting, uh, getting steals. And I think we should be viewing him that way. Is he a drop in points leagues? Yes. In 10-team formats, uh, I would consider it. I wouldn't do it, but I would consider it. Enes Kanter had 10 and 11, while um, Rocket Rodney Hood, 5 points. Gary Trent, the shot didn't fall, and you know what's going to happen. As soon as I say the shot didn't fall, he offers nothing. 2 rebounds, 0 assists, 1 block, 23% shooting. He is hot and cold and you know worth having for the short term in 12-teamers, but realistically not a long-term guy. For the Bucks, it was a blowout. So what does that mean for Punch Bob? It means that he's a flat track bully. 24 minutes, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 3 threes, 2 steals, 1 block. Perfect for Bob. And then it'll be a close game in the next one, and he'll play 14 minutes and have 6 points. This is the Bobby Portis experience. Drew Holiday had 22, 7, and 6 with 3 steals, and Middleton had 17, 5, and 9. Yanni was a little bit quiet. Giannis and no threes, no steals, one block, but 18, 4, and 6. They didn't need him. He played only 26 minutes. Um, so pretty good performance overall. 17 minutes only for Brook Lopez. Dante DiVincenzo brought the steals, two of those in 18 minutes. So this game was over so bloody early that we didn't need to see minutes from majority of these players. It was also a good game from DJ Augustin's 13 points with six assists, but I don't really see any necessity to do anything with him from a fantasy point of view. The next game we take a look at, um, it was, which game was it? It was the Cleveland Cavaliers beating the Wolves in Cleveland 100-98. to No Towns, no Hernan Gomez, no Culver, and Anthony Edwards got another start. It wasn't as good as his previous ones, and it was you know, pretty similar to a lot of these other empty games that he's had. 13 points with two triples, 23 fantasy points overall, two assists, three rebounds, one steal. Nothing spectacular. He's fine to have as a 12-team league guy for now, and let's just see how it develops over the next week. 
29 minutes for D'Angelo Russell, 18, 2, and 4. Absolutely not inspiring at all. While Jared Vanderbilt, only 19 minutes. Now, 4, 9, and 4 is all right. The poor percentages are rough, and the lack of defense is an issue. But the low minutes without Towns and Hernan Gomez scares me that Saunders is going to make a pretty big mistake as we move forward. Um, I'm still holding Vanderbilt barely. Definitely in 14-10 leagues, but barely in 12s. And let's just see what happens when those big guys return. Naz Reed returned from his one-game absence, didn't start, played 13 minutes off the bench. 12 points with two threes. If there's someone on the wire you want, Reed's a fine drop because Towns isn't going to be out forever. In fact, Towns' return is coming pretty soon. 10 points for Malik Beasley in a pretty disappointing performance, but he's been strong all year as a top 90 player. The Cavs were without Drummond and Nance, so Jared Allen started. And guess what, guys? Jared Allen's really good. 23 and 18 in 35 minutes, 60 fantasy points, five blocks, 78 from the field, just 64 from the line, but he's really bloody good. I'd love to see them play him more minutes than Andre Drummond, but you know that it won't happen. He's someone that we hold and we just see what goes on for the rest of the season. Garland was great as well, 19, 3 and 11, while Sexton dealing with that ankle issue, the efficiency wasn't great. The peripherals weren't great, but good volume, 26 points, three rebounds, three assists, and 10 of 11 from the line is fantastic. But his, his numbers are falling a little bit. Torian Prince started in place of Larry Nance. He had eight points with two blocks and nine rebounds, only 20% shooting. His shooting the last two years has been horrendous. He's only a deeper league guy. Well, uh, Isaac Okoro plays pretty good defense. He doesn't play anything good for fantasy, though. Four points in 33 minutes, and he's not someone really to pay any attention to outside of dynasty leagues and deeper leagues. And I'm not even certain, even in dynasty leagues, like what's his overall upside here? I know he translated horribly coming out of college for fantasy. Uh, it's been worse in the NBA so far. He just doesn't do anything at a high level. He defends at a high level. But fantasy-wise, steals, blocks, points, threes, rebounds, assists, percentages, he does nothing at a high level. And that is not a good recipe for a good fantasy player. Disappointing that Dylan Windler only played five minutes in a game where they were missing both Nance and Love. I would have liked to see a little bit more of Dylan in this one. Next game. It is the Suns beating the Mavericks thanks to Devin Booker. 109-108, Booker with the, with the game winner. 24 points for Booker, pretty empty otherwise. One rebound, zero assists. Ugh. That's part of the reason why Booker's so low this year, the 50th ranked player, is he's just not getting any of those assist numbers. I'm not sure that that's going to change this year, unfortunately. So I think we should be looking at him as more of like a third round or fourth round player rather than a second round guy because he just isn't handling the ball anywhere near enough to be impactful in that area. Chris Paul was amazing, 34-9-9 with two steals on 70% shooting, while DeAndre Ayton pulled down the boards, not that aggressive offensively, 10 points on 12 shots, but the 17 rebounds are nice, and Cam Johnson played 35 minutes and obviously outplayed Jay Crowder, who only played 15 of them here in this one. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. One of nine shooting for Crowder, while Johnson had 10 points in 35. I don't think either of them are 12-team league guys, while it is a massive buy low for McCall Bridges. 10 points in 38 minutes. He had a steal and a block, but no threes, four rebounds, three assists, really tailing off at the moment. From a guy that had upped his usage to begin this season, was hitting shots at a high rate, that has fallen away pretty quickly. We also had, interestingly, Abdul Nadir out of the rotation. I thought he was the best of the Galloway-Moore wing combination. Monty Williams doesn't believe so and played uh, 14 minutes of Etwan Moore um, and you know, 20 minutes of Langston Galloway. And that's a bit of a blow for those of you who had Nadir in deeper leagues. 
For the Mavericks, Doncic had 25, 5, and 8 with two steals and two blocks, and importantly, was 91% from the line. Didn't hit many of his free throws, but good otherwise. While Kristaps Porzingis, 19 and 10, three threes and three blocks. Curiously, before the game, Rick Carlisle says, oh, I don't think it's too far away before he starts playing in back-to-backs. Did Carlisle forget that he played a back straight away, back-to-back straight away this year to begin the year? Yeah, four games into his return. I I think I said jokingly at the time, did, did the Mavs make a mistake here and play him? Was there an error? And now that I think about it, I don't know if that was actually in the plan. They had guys out. Did they just say, screw the medicals you're playing? I, I don't know. It's weird. He is going to play back-to-back later on, but yeah, that's weird. He's already done it. Timmy Hardaway moved to the bench. He had 18 points with two steals, while Richardson had a great game. I don't think this is an indication to add him, but it was great. 24 in 37 minutes with five rebounds, four assists, two steals, and two triples. Pretty good numbers overall there for uh, Josh Richardson. Um, and yeah, not, not something that I think is particularly indicative of what he's going to do moving forward. He did have, what, uh, 40 fantasy points in this game, averaging under 20 over the course of the season. Hardaway is the 129th ranked guy this year in category leagues. I don't think he's a must roster, but his scoring is pretty nice. While Finney Smith's the other guy who remains starting. Five points for him and Maxi Kleber straight into the starting lineup. Played 18 minutes. Kleber's minutes will improve, but not enough to make him a 12-team league guy. He's more 14-teamer, much like Richardson, much like Finney Smith, and let's be honest, probably much like Tim Hardaway as well. The next game was another blowout. The Memphis Grizzlies. This Grizzlies team, mate, they have won seven in a row, and they are under the radar, and they're doing it without Valanchunas, Jaron Jackson, Grayson Allen and Justice Winslow. 133 Memphis, 102 San Antonio. Because I tell you who's really good? The wave pool. DeAnthony Melton. 17 and 7, 5 threes, 5 assists, 2 steals and a block. Add him. Just add him and let's see where it goes. He is better than Tyus Jones. Although Jones played well here. He is better than John Conchar. He is better than Desmond Brain. Brain? He is better than Desmond Bain. And he is sure as shit better than Dylan Brooks. Add him and let's see what happens. 18 and 6 for Brandon Clark with two blocks. Awesome stuff. There's no other big men really taking his playing time, but good stuff there. While Xavier Tillman had another start and had two steals, two blocks, 10 points, nine rebounds. Remember Tillman, because he's going to go back into obscurity. He will be a top 100 player in the next four years. Um, Brooks, get him out of here. Let's just drop him. 13 for, the, for a team that just dominated, he still had a shit night. 13 points, zero rebounds, one assist. And I know people think that I'm a hater and I'm too harsh on him. He's not very good. He can go out there and he can shoot. He doesn't shoot well, but he can shoot. He can get the shot off. And that's a talent in itself. But he is not as good as the minutes and the shots and the usage that gets forced his way. He is a 12-team droppable player. Kyle Anderson, 17 and 8 in 26 minutes. And with the pushback in timetable for Jaron Jackson and Justice Winslow, I think we hold on to Kyle. If you haven't heard, it looks like Jaron may not be back until the end of February, maybe the start of March, and Winslow may be mid-February. You're not holding Winslow anyway. And if you don't have an IR and you need a spot, it's really tough to continue to hold Jackson this long, another four weeks, and then ramp up time after that. It's pretty rough. There was no Valanchunas in this one. He should be returning soon. Gorgie Jeng stepped up 19 and 9. Well, Tyus Jones, 28 minutes for Tyus, 11 points, but 14 assists and two steals. This is just you know, a little bit anomalous. While well, Ja Morant had 13, 3 and 8. He did go to the locker room at one point, Morant, but he was able to return, and that's great news. For the Spurs, people panicking about um, Keldon Johnson. I reckon they'd be feeling all right at the moment. Well, hopefully, unless they dropped him, then they'd be feeling pretty shit. I didn't think Derek White would impact him. Uh, Derek White did not impact him. 31 minutes, 25 and 10, three threes, he's good. 
18 minutes only for Aldridge. They just protect him at every opportunity. Now, he started off well, Aldridge, but yeah, I don't know. I'm still holding in 12-teamers. Uh, Eight-teamers, I drop 10 and probably consider dropping. DeRozan, 14, 5, and 6, while Maximum Derek had a pretty rough night. Maximum Derek. Five points, but had two blocks, had five assists, had uh, 22 usage with 20% shooting. So he's going to be better, as is DeJounte. DeJounte Murray, who had six, five, and four. And Lonnie Walker, he is the guy that is losing out for Derek White. I know someone argued with me this the other day. I'm a Spurs fan. Believe me, Keldon's going to miss out. It's going to be Lonnie that gets the minutes. I Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably not, but maybe I'm wrong. It's going to be Lonnie because he is easily the worst player out of that trio, out of Keldon, Derek, and Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker is the worst player there. Uh, Paddy Mills had 11 points in three threes, but this was just an absolute ass-kicking of the highest order. And Memphis, they are getting it done after having so much time to uh, rest and reflect after all their COVID absences. Let's have a look now at the top ads. De'Anthony Melton up 30%. He's a guy to add in 12-teamers. Thad Young up 25%. I'd add him in 12-teamers. Teo Maladon up 22%. Yeah, fine to add for now. Let's see where it goes. Not as high priorities as those other guys. 22% up for Anthony Edwards. He's not as good as the other, the top two either, but I'd add him over Maladon. And then Emmanuel quickly up 21%. He should be added in 12-team leagues. So you can see the trends happening there. Get on those. In terms of drops, Alec Burks down 13%. Well, you'd be pretty disappointed after today, but I think it was the right move. Chetty Osman down 11%. Yep. Kendrick Nunn down 9%. Clear drop. Torian Prince down 8%. Clear drop. And Josh Richardson down 8%. Again, pretty disappointed if he did it today, but it was the right decision to make at the time, and I wouldn't be scurrying to go back and add him. The monstrous line of the night is Chris Paul. 34 points for Chris, 9 rebounds. He also had 9 assists. He has been putting up some really strong numbers, especially with Devin Booker out. Um, this is yeah, the piece de resistance. Four threes, two steals, 70% shooting um, is obviously really, really strong from Chris. And it's just great to see him put up a game like this, especially when we're worried, you know, is he a little bit washed? Are we going to get the steals back? Is he ever going to shoot well? He's the 32nd ranked player this year, but over the last two weeks, he's ranked 10th. 10th, Chris Paul at this age, 10th. Amazing stuff. The rookie of the night goes to uh, the cashier, Xavier Tillman. 10 points, 9 rebounds, 2 blocks for Tillman, um, and 2 steals as well. As I said, I really like this guy long term. As long as Valanchunas is out, he can be a 12-team league guy. That may not be much longer, though. It might not even be one more day, to be honest. But Tillman for the short term, and in just a name to keep in your head, if they do a trade and you know, Valanchunas is out and Tillman starts, he's really bloody good. And he's going to be really bloody good as we move forward. So Xavier Tillman uh, is your rookie of the night. Let's look at the top 10 players for category leagues today. Chris Paul, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Trey Young, Nasir Little, Harrison Barnes, Drew Holiday, Keldon Johnson, Lowry Markinen, and Luka Doncic. Nobody would be too surprised with those. A breakout from Keldon, uh, Keldon Johnson, a nice game from Barnsley. Nasir Little, that's the Nasir Little and Malik Monk, the big surprises there for sure. In the top 10 points league performers, Jarrett Allen at number one, Chris Paul two, Fox three, Trey Young four, Jimmy Butler five. Doncic at 6, LeBron at 7, Julius Randle at 8, Rashawn Holmes at 9, and Nasir Little at 10.
All right, so we're just going to do like we did yesterday, just a brief overview of Tuesday's action. More in-depth DFS value stuff will come on the pregame show because with you know, so many games I've already discussed today, I don't want this show to go too long and so much changes in all these hours that we can you know, more accurately assess it in the pregame show. So let's talk about what we need to watch for. The Toronto Raptors and the Orlando Magic, the first game. Norman Powell is questionable. There is no OG Ananobi for the, uh, for the Raptors. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop Wugs. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. So if Norman Powell's out, you'll get Terrence Davis, you'll get... DeAndre Bembry, you'll get Stan Johnson stepping in there. If Powell plays, and he'll be the starter, and he'll be worth a look. Of course, for Orlando, there's no Aaron Gordon. So we're probably going to see Gary Clark step in and start there. So that's probably the big news that we need to look for. The Clippers and the Nets is the second game. <clears throat> and with uh, Nick Batum missed the last game for the Clippers, so we assume he returns. If he's out, Patrick Patterson will be the starter. James Harden missed the last game for Brooklyn, but he's not on the injury report, so he should be back. Now, Iman Shumpert won't be available for Brooklyn yet. Norval Powell will be. Let's see if they use him at all over Reggie Perry or if he cuts into DeAndre Jordan's time at all. But the big one we've got to watch for there is Batum and how that impacts things. Portland and Washington is the next game. <clears throat> no McCullum, no Nurkic, no Derek Jones as well. So that's uh, that's worth paying attention to. The the Blazers uh, again play on. Uh, they played on Monday, so they went with that similar similar lineup. Now whether Jones is ready to come back for this one or not, that remains to be seen. But we had Nasir Little starting, and we have to check on what that means for you know Carmelo Anthony and get more news on that one. For the Wizards, Hal Neto will be out once more. Um, so yeah, that's the only real injury news we're waiting on for that one. The Wizards currently are favored by two points. The next game that we take a look at is the Grizzlies and the Pacers. The Grizzlies, um, we don't know if Jonas Valanciunas or Grayson Allen are going to play. They didn't play on Monday. We know Jackson and Winslow are out. And I did speak about them on the live stream earlier today. The fact that we're probably not going to see Jackson again until March is obviously annoying. And if you don't have injured reserve, it is almost impossible to keep holding him for that long. And I think you do have to drop him in that scenario. Um, we don't know if Allen's going to be back, but if Valanciunas is out once again, we'll be getting Tillman most likely starting in that position. The next game, I don't know if this game's even going to take place. The Pistons and the Jazz. The Pistons game against the Nuggets was postponed because of an inconclusive test on the Pistons side of things and then they had to do contact tracing so obviously if there's issues with contact tracing and isolation and quarantine then this game won't go ahead but that's that's the major story there as, as to whether that game's actually going to get played and then the last game is the Celtics and the Warriors uh, Draymond Green and Eric Paschal are both probable because uh, that's important mainly for Paschal that he's going to play is that James Wiseman is out. I don't think he can hold Wiseman through a 10-day wrist injury. He wasn't good enough anyway, and now he's going to miss almost two weeks of action and then have to come back and be good, what, in four, five, seven, eight weeks' time? If at all, I think he's a drop in that scenario. Um the Celtics, of course, are going to be without Marcus Smart. So who starts there remains to be seen. Will they put Grant Williams in there? Will they go with Javante Green? <clears throat> I don't think either of them are going to be great DFS options, but maybe there's something to see with those guys if that is the direction that they go. As I said, pregame show, 6.30 p.m. tomorrow on the YouTube channel as we'll be going through more of this information and talking about values for DraftKings and for Yahoo over there. This episode was brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January the 18th at BlueNile.com. 
This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January the 18th and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, guys, that'll do it. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Let me know what you think. Hey, happy to receive all sorts of criticisms and feedbacks. Drop them below in the comments, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.